over you before you go up there and uh, make sure God is with you and you're in faith and, and all of that and His power goes with you. Uh, we just really need to um, allow God to mercifully enter into uh, um, a building uh, that we are using um, sometimes. We know we use a lot of different facilities and um, this is a place of worship and we just want it sanctified to the purpose of God. Amen. And so, yeah. And so that's that's what we're going to do. So in Joshua chapter 6 and verse, verse 13, it says, And seven priests bearing... Priests bearing trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord, the uh, before the ark of the Lord God went on continually, and blew with the trumpets, and the armed men went before them. But the rearward came after them, after the ark of God, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. Now, this signifies the anointing of God, and that's what you want to rest on. You, the ark, always represented the presence of God and the direction of God. So, in the second day, so that was on the first day. So that will be today, Sunday, and that uh, whoever is that person, that's going to be your instruction. And the second day, they compassed the city once and returned to the camp, and they did so six days. So we don't use ram's horns anymore. So, you know, some people do, but uh, God has honored that we would just uh, uh, either walk around the property or drive around the property. And it came on the pass on the seventh day, so that will be Saturday, our empowerment meeting, that they rose early about the dawning of the day. Oh, Lord. I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Keep working on it. I. And so they said, encompass the city after the same manner seven times. See, it's kind of nice to get to jump on the devil before you give him a chance to get his plans together. You got yours, you got yours down pat. After the same manner seven times, only on that day they compass the city seven times. So we will do that when we, um, and we'll make that assignment as we go throughout the day. Uh, I do ask that when the people who are doing this during the week, when you get completed, if you would text me and let me know that you've got your part done. Amen. And uh, text me before midnight. You know, some of y'all, oh, Lord have mercy. I just remembered that I'm supposed to go do something. You know, do this like you, you know, go to, uh, yeah, right, right. That's what I'm talking about. This is your J-O-B for the week. And so it says here, and it came to pass after the seventh time the priest blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. So we do that, and uh, and we just believe God to break off religious spirits that, that inhabit buildings, you know, especially houses of worship. Uh, you know, sometimes when you see, uh, congregation lose a building it's not for lack of money it's lack of presence of God because people put money into religion you know what I'm saying but many times a congregation just kind of peters out and, and drifts off and, and so if 
the presence of God leaves, uh, you know, it, the place will kind of die off and religious spirits tend to inhabit buildings like that, waiting for the next bunch of people to come in so they can drive them out. But, you know, we just want to believe God that, that God has a future for that place in him since we're there and we know uh, what to do. So we'll do that. So, uh, Miss Pat, you, you're going to be the first. Why don't you come up with anybody who's doing that? Uh, just kind of sit on the front seat and I just want to lay hands on you and bless you. Um, yeah, that'd be good. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah, come on up and sit across here and I'll just pray for you and allow the Lord to empower you with boldness and authority. You know, I'm one of the reasons we didn't announce this when we were down there the last time is the devil got big ears. Wow. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, you don't want to tell him, listen, Mr. Religious Spirit, we'll be back here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it didn't seem proper to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, yeah, that'd be real good. Praise the Lord. His mercy endureth forever. Yeah, you can... Yeah, you okay, yeah. Oh, y'all can, that's right, Chuck. Oh my goodness. You gonna drag Gigi with you? Lord have mercy. Lord, Lord, Lord. Who else you taking, Chuck? Oh my goodness. Oh, look who else came in. Mr. Mr. Fedora. I forgot about Mr. Fedora. Now see, this time yesterday, we could barely find one person that was going. Right. Lord, how, how the mighty has happened. Now we gonna do this dry or can we have a little music? It's just, you know. <laughs> now I can supply my own music now. Don't, don't mess with me on that. Play some of that, uh, you know, uh, some prophetic music, yeah, anointed music, in case, in case the Lord has the word. Yeah, I just always want to, want to be prepared. I think you got a word for you two little sisters sitting up there looking all innocent. You know, right. They just sitting on the front row with their hands folded. I said, oh, they done graduated kindergarten. Everybody else in here got threw out. <laughs> they got some they some kindergarten graduates. Oh I'm scared. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's good. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well the Lord does have you got the sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, the Lord is saying this. He says, You represent the remnant. I have remnants everywhere, says the Lord, but you represent the remnant people that I have chosen as end-time warriors, says the Spirit of the Lord. Ah, yes, and the, the mantle of correction is upon you, says the Spirit of God, that you will, as you go and as you travel and as you do this task, you are correcting error that was planted into the hearts of the people that come there to worship, says the Lord. And you will see fruit from this, uh, says the Lord. And not many days after, not many days after, you will see fruit. So go in love, go in peace, go in mercy, but go in authority, says the Spirit of the living God. And take back what.
step that I moved the remnant from one place to the next, that you might glorify me and do my bidding in this sinful and wicked earth. It's never too wicked for me to make a change, says the Lord. So remember that. You are to make that change for me, says the Spirit of the living God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Bless you in Jesus' name. Bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless you in Jesus' name. Bless you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless you in Jesus' name. Bless you. Rachel, come up here, baby. Bless you in the name of the Lord. Praise God. She's going with you. Okay. Come on up. Thank you. 
So we're going to talk about the fact that there is faith on your praise. Amen. There is faith on your praise. You know, people uh, uh, want faith. They want, they really want results, you know, and they results, the good results of God always come through faith. Of course, we know faith works by love. And so what we find many times is that we're trying to single out certain things that we need to do or certain things that we need. You know, when the faith teaching came, we found out that we already had faith in us, but it wasn't working to do what we needed it to do. So then we found out you had to add stuff to it. So really, at the end of the day, you find out that faith needs helpers and faith has a way of coming into our life uh, in many different ways, there are many different doors that faith can enter. We all know that faith comes by hearing the word of God. We also know that faith is a spirit. So faith comes in and goes out. How does it come in? How does it go out? Where does it come from? <laughs> then we realize that faith is part of the spirit of God. And when you call God, faith is not the only thing that shows up. The very essence of God comes in. But faith is part of that essence. And so we're going to talk about how to, um, you know, exercise your right to the faith of God to the best of your ability and find that there is, there's faith in some simple things that we do sometimes that we don't even realize that faith is the thing that has made the difference. In our situation and, you know, it's like, um, we'll say things like, well, God just showed up and gave me something and I don't remember praying a prayer. You know, we act like we steal it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like God can't bless you. Period. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we don't want to live and just wait on sovereignty. We want to cooperate with God. So we find out that God gives us the desires of our hearts. Amen. So there are things in your heart that you want that are unspoken sometimes. Sometimes they're not even known to you. And then there are times when they'll pop up in your thinking and you'll push them back and think that you ever have something that, that affects you in such a way you say, not any God, that's too big. You could scare yourself. You understand what's happening? Nothing's too big. Your God is so big. Huh? The old people used to say, so wide, you can't get around him, so high, you can't get over. You know, and, and it, cause he consumes everything. Amen? And so, when you think about it, God has ordained praise for a reason. Praise is ordained for us in God. Amen? And he did it for a reason. 
Because I believe in praise is pretty much everything that you need of the fruit of the Spirit. But I kind of want us to get out of the thought that that faith only comes one way. Because you know what we do, we get stuck in that one one mode mentality uh, that, that uh, you know, and, and see, the thing of it is when we find like the the main way to get something or the way or somebody, you know how preachers do, they, they like to embellish their stuff, you know what I'm saying, I'm guilty too, but you know, I've learned how to. I said, mm, that ain't right, God. Now, that, that was more me than you that time. But uh, you know what I'm saying. And, and some, sometimes we can give people the impression that there's only one. And some people will tell, tell you that there's only one way. You know. No, I'll have you know my God is bigger than your little brain. Got a little teaspoon of revelation and try to act like you got a cup full. You ain't got, your cup ain't runneth over yet. You know what I'm but you know, so, so we have to be careful not to put God in a box somewhere like he can't give us faith in different ways. You know, you get stuck sometimes confessing the word. You know, we all go through this. You'll be walking along and, and, uh, then all of a sudden you, <gasps> I haven't confessed the word. You know, and you probably did yesterday, but your mind tells you haven't done it in two weeks. Huh? So it's like, uh, private, private Williams reporting for duty, confessing the word. You know, and you want to get checked off because you confess the word. Well, you know that ain't right. That ain't right. I mean, it's better than not doing it. And it's good to remind yourself, but God has ordained a life for us that we live in a flow of life with Him so that you don't just forget to do something that's necessary to do you understand what i'm saying so it's like sometimes i'll get on the confession thing in the in in the you know a little worship and then god will say something to me like well i can't beat up the devil for you you're gonna have to tell the devil to let that go you understand what i'm saying so it's kind of like a full life with God of using all the necessary tools to get your promise through instead of getting stuck on confession street uh-huh, and being your own confession police and always policing yourself as to whether you did that enough to get God to do something for you that he's already done and so when we really think about it God is wanting something else from us besides just a confession so we can get our healing or get our bills paid or get our whatever we need. Because we're always in need of something. Then you get convicted about that and say, well, if I manage my money better. (laughs) Now, you know you ain't even talking about yourself. When you talk about good money management, you talk about them other people. Uh, them people we don't like. <laughs> like my husband. I used to keep a constant sneer on my face at times when he would, he said, come here. I do the perp walk, you know, <laughs> to wherever he was sitting. He always sat in that big recliner. Remember that easy, that lazy boy chair over there? Come here, you know. 
Like I'm like Esther. Well, if I perish, I perish. But I, <laughs> and we keep I keep all the receipts for stuff I spent in a month in a canister. And he would open it up like you know what you do a jack in the box where they pop out and just like I've been pressurizing them down in there. And I want to say, well, give me a bigger can and it wouldn't be so full. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to work what I can work. Working my faith. But, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, God wants us to be good stewards of the resources that he gives us. They're supposed to last long enough so we don't get put out on the street. Huh? You know, there's nothing wrong with buying clothes in the Salvation Army, but, you know, when you keep getting a smaller size and a smaller size because you ain't got no food. <laughs> the incredible shrinking person. They say, what you doing, keto, Agnes? No, I'm doing broke. Because <laughs> that's the way I am right now. I'm doing broke. That diet works all the time. Anywho. But, uh, you know, we, we have our ways of trying to maneuver our way around. We always want the maximum benefit with the minimum effort. We want to memorize one scripture, work that to death, and let that do everything. Huh? You know, I used to try and, and help parents, you know, and give them little things for their kids to memorize scriptures. I think people, that that lasted for a hot minute, you know. So I realized I just teach the adults and let them teach. Y'all teach y'all kids at home. You understand what I'm saying? Just take them home and teach them like you're supposed to. So some of the best plans that we have for those kinds of things kind of just peter out, you know what I'm saying? And it happens with us in life. We are trying our best to learn the ways of God and learn what God expects out of us. But we kind of want to cut corners. You know, the human mind wants to uh, do the minimum and receive the maximum from God. And sometimes I think, well, if we love God, why are we always wanting to do the minimum? You know, we should be willing to, you know, if people say fast and pray, we go... <gasps> You know, and, and you do that to, you know, most younger women to do that to squeeze in a dress. You know, now I'm, I'm a little too old to be doing that. I mean, I want to, but <laughs> it's a short distance between me and my kitchen <laughs> and in the garage with a refrigerator and a freezer in it. I mean, how much willpower is a girl supposed to? Like, Lord help me. But I want the maximum because I want to get in that dress that's way back in the back of the closet. Right. Way back. <laughs> but but don't let that be your life in the spirit. And it doesn't have to be. Because God has ordained ways for us to understand how to contact him and how to please him. And how to receive the things that we need in our life. And abundance. So he wants us to go beyond just the level of mere needs. He wants us to begin to live in abundance. But you have to build that in God. And I can tell you while you're building, God has mercy on us. So that he allows us to not be diminished in the way that we live. While he's developing our faith. 
It's an amazing thing about God. (coughs) He never takes us backwards. He will never pay you less than the devil did when you was out there for him. God will always do exceeding and abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. But he wants us to understand the life of faith, the life of walking in the spirit, the life of living in obedience to him, the life of really just turning everything over to God so that he can bless your efforts and bless your life. And so praise begins to be a great part of what we do in order to stay in contact with God, in order to stay in the spirit, in order to stay right with God, and in order to have our life kind of bathed in the essence of God so that we don't pull away from him and then get into that down that road of condemnation and fear and what what's going on and why is it taking so long and well you know that thing what am I doing wrong when you start asking yourself that question that's the wrong question even ask a saint of God because your sins are forgiven I mean wrong isn't really an issue between us and God you know I mean you know now you can try to make it one if you want to but you're wasting your time uh, God's already settled the issue of sin. All he says is repent, you know, is is turn your your back to it and ask me for my help to to cease doing it. You know, and and if you fall and do it again, you repent again. You don't sit there and beat yourself up because you messed up. Cuz keep living. You going mess up. <laughs> mess up is around every corner. We don't want it to be, but there's a devil out here that's gunning for you, even more so after you begin to serve God, because he discourages a lot of saints. You know, all you got to do is get a wrong emphasis on the wrong thing, and you can, you're in danger of falling away from God. You know, you see, there's so many people who live like that. There's this one thing that sticks out to them, and if they can't master that, they just mad at everything and everybody. You know, I can't have that. Well, now I just I don't know about all that. You know, and so we have to really chill out, let God have some space in our lives, and and let ourselves breathe, and let ourselves live, and and, and receive the grace of, and the mercy of God to empower us to live before Him. You know, live upright before Him. Look at David. He didn't do everything right. But one thing I think I like about him is he didn't let his wrong stop him from getting on his face before God and and seeking God's forgiveness. And then live upright and correct them things. You know, live upright before them from that point on. And so this is is the way of faith and this is the way of the Christian life. So the word praise really means to shout and cry aloud. It means to boast. So when you praise God, you brag on him. Merciful, loving, there's none like you. You're the greatest. It means to shine. And in thanksgiving in your heart is a big part of praise. So praise is not just noise and motion, but it comes from a heart of thanksgiving. And, and there are things that stir praise in you. 
that stir you up to praise God. Amen. So your thanksgiving in your heart is one of the things that stirs you up. It's the major thing. Unthankful, ungrateful, no praise. Huh? You know, it's sometimes I'll, I'll look around the room, you know, just glancing sometimes people in, in worship and in praise and you'll see some people are standing there. Hoping God don't see him. Well, what'd you come in here for? In fact, he saw you before you got here. He looks at you every day. Amen. So like they're, they're like suspects or something, you know? And so sometimes if you live a life of ingratitude, it's hard for you to praise God. You have to really get, start thinking sometimes and get, get a, 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 reminisce with God about some of the things that you know about him even if he didn't do them for you personally because listen ungrateful people can't think of one good thing God did for them so we ain't gonna put you in above your pay grade you understand what I'm saying but you can certainly reminisce some things if you if you're saved you got at least one thing that you can think that you should be grateful for you know sometimes people well hey uh I wish I'd been saved years ago. Honey, he was knocking at the door of your heart for years. Are you kidding me? You know, some people are just so ungrateful. Really. You know, they, you know, they got saved at age 30. I wish I'd have known the Lord when I was a teenager. Well, you could have if you'd been open to know him and not snorting everything. Your paycheck, your mama's house, your daddy's car, all that stuff is up your nose. God couldn't locate you then. So just be grateful you come in when you come in. You understand what I'm saying? People are nutty. Thank God he didn't save you and put you in my presence because we, we'd have been sworn enemies, you know? Some people just ain't ready for Freddie. So, so here we have, seriously, you know, they're not, they come in at the appointed time. Listen, this ain't like, you know, let's, let's get a good idea what the kingdom is. This ain't the, uh, the, the uh, rent party in the basement at your neighbor's house where you just bogart your way in there. Yeah, I heard John's having a party. Ain't nobody tell me about it. Wanda, we didn't want your ugly self here. Huh? Well, I'm rich to go anyway. Huh? Why? I'm rich to go. Get my coat. See, that's why we don't invite you nowhere. Huh? Seriously. The kingdom is by invitation only, honey. You gotta be invited up in here. I mean, now we're loving about it. We're not Because we don't know who's invited or who's not. God tells us to go and preach the gospel to everybody. So to us, it's an open invitation. But to God, he inspecting everything. Amen. And you, you, the, 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 the father introduces the son to his bride. You don't rush up in Jesus' face. I heard it was a party here. Ain't nobody told me about it. Huh? Let's have some manners now. Just don't go through the room collecting phone numbers. You gotta just. 
a brother interested in you, he will. What's your phone now? <laughs> you go throw your cell phone out the window. So I don't have one right now, baby. You want to buy me a phone? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Woo! Some of these sisters. Rough. Woo! That's why some of them brothers come up to y'all broke. Because they got to hide everything from. Nah, baby, I'm I'm between engagements right now. Uh Uh-uh. No ends. (laughs) No card, no finances, no nothing. So, you're here by invitation. Be thankful that you got in when you got in. There are some people, amen, there are some people get in on their deathbeds. Because that's when when God can finally work with people to get them to the place where they repent. But that ain't y'all, okay? But you may meet some people, amen? You may run into some people like that. And don't be reluctant to let them know their sins can be forgiven even though yesterday and the day before they was rough as nails. But right now they're asking, amen, and they're repenting and they're allowing God to come in. And so we do come into this kingdom by invitation. But thanksgiving is such an important part of how we live before God. Amen. Don't ever just get mad about something or mad at somebody or, you know, stay angry and, you know, just got to have your way all the time. You know, grow up. You know, God is looking. God is looking for a bride. Amen. Somebody of marriage age. You know, not somebody that's whining all the time and gotta have this and gonna quit if you don't get her this and, huh? I know some brothers, you threaten them enough, they'll pack you up and move you out while you at work. Huh? You have a love hangover sale facing you when you get home. Huh? Seriously. So it's the same way with God, even more so, cause He's holy. He's there for our good. He's not going to put up with no nonsense from us. He wants us to grow up so that we can get out and do some work for him. I'm serious. <laughs> he doesn't have no unemployed people in his kingdom. We're all workers. Amen. So in Psalm 22, 3, if you'll turn there. The Bible says, but you are holy. You that inhabits the praises of Israel or the praises of your people. So God actually lives in our praise. There's no life for him on earth without people down here who praise him. So he is looking for a dwelling place. Now he lives in you once you're born again, but he wants to live for you. And that only happens when you begin to praise him. Praise is like letting the genie out of the bottle, you know, for lack of a a better analogy. And so when we start to, we uncork his majesty when we praise him. So praise, like you might know God, you might know some things about him, but you want him active in your situation. So you want to uncork his power in your life. 
You want to uncork his presence in your life. And you do that through praise. With a heart of thanksgiving, I will bless thee, O Lord. Amen? And so what, when you have thanksgiving, cultivate a heart of thanksgiving. You know, and I'm not talking about the Oprah Winfrey style of, oh, be thankful to whom? Jesus? Oh, no, I don't believe him. Well, get out of my face then. Because he's the creator of the universe. You couldn't even be standing here talking with all your billions if it wasn't for Jesus. He's had mercy on you because your daddy was a preacher. Got me? See? Choose life that you and your seed will live. If he hadn't chosen, he chose life for her and for him and for all of his seed. And that's why she's yet living. That's why she's prospered. Anybody blaspheme God the way she does? Bragging on an abortion she had? Come on, y'all. Let's get real about this right here. You know, in the old days, people would would say, uh, praise him. Can you, You can praise him on the mountain, but can you praise him in the valley? Well, it wasn't really praise if it was just mountaintop praise. Huh? Not really. Now you might have been glad he did something for you, but that's not the same thing as praise. Praise always has an element of genuine thanksgiving in it. Genuine thanksgiving in it. Where you can inside of you reflect on a real reason to be thankful to God. And if you can't think of one, God will give you one. The Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance many things that God has done for you in your life. And you don't have to have been saved to receive of the mercy of God and the blessing of God. If you think back before you knew the Lord, you had close calls, you had friends that OD'd on stuff, you had crazy friends, you had, you know, girlfriends in high school, the prettiest girl in high school married an abuser. And that wasn't you, huh? Thanks God for being average. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't the prettiest, but I wasn't abused either. You got me? So you know what I'm saying. I'm thankful. I mean, seriously. There's some things he does for us from... Listen, as long as you're pretty to one man in your life, you're doing real good. You understand what I'm saying? You don't have to get but one. You don't have to be the Miss America the whole bunch. Huh? Ooh. Look for Stevie Wonder. I don't know, you know, whatever. He need a wife too. He need a wife too. You know what I'm saying. You pretty though, little girl. Yeah. My Raja, you pretty, sweetie. But you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You got to be pretty to him. Whatever. Let me get on with my praise. Amen. So praise really does have an element of thanksgiving in it, but you don't have to wait for God to do something for you to praise him. Amen. You're not waiting for something to come in in order to praise God. So we learned after reading the word that praise was the way that you got God involved in your life. Amen. So many times, you know, like I say, people would think praise occurred after God manifested himself. 
Then we found out through the word that praise precedes the manifestation of God's promise. Um, Harriet Tubman uh, um, said, they, it was said of her, that after she, after Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, somebody ran very quickly to her and informed her of the news. And she just looked at them and they said, well, aren't you happy? She said, baby, I praise God for that so many years ago. Huh? She was on to the next thing. You understand what I'm saying? And so it wasn't news to her. In fact, her praise helped bring it to pass. You got me? So your praise, amen, will help things. Help God bring things to pass for you and for others. Why? Because there's faith in your praise. There is faith in your praise. That's how people can get up from hearing bad news and just all of a sudden begin to thank God. They're not thanking him for the bad news. They're thanking him because they see the answer already. See, when you, by faith, when you see the answer already, you can begin to thank God. You begin to worship God because you know that you need to get him on the scene to make it happen. So you have to live a life of continually surrounding yourself with the encouragement of God. You have to surround yourself with the presence of God because in his presence is everything that you need to complete your life. Everything that you need for everything you'll ever want is right in his presence. And we bring his presence in through praise. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. He just does. We are to enter his gates, the Bible says, with thanksgiving in our hearts and his courts with praise. Be thankful and bless his name. Lord, I will bless you at all times. Your praise will continually be in my mouth. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and him I will trust. Amen. Surely you shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler. And anybody that tries or any devil that tries to ensnare you, God will deliver you from that. Amen. But if you're not a person of thanksgiving and praise, you won't, you won't believe it. It won't mean anything to you. You'll be constantly looking to man for your help. And when man can't help you, then you're done with it. And so what we need to do is get ourselves, pull ourselves back into the realm of the spirit and refocus on God and his goodness and how great he is. In Psalm 55, 17, you'll see where the Israel was instructed to pray three times a day. Amen. No Muslims try to copy it, but their God is dead. They might as well get up off them rugs and them mats. Huh? Put them in the Goodwill or put them on eBay. They got school systems buying them they mats and all this stuff and putting them everywhere. You know, get up off that. You know, your God doesn't require mats because he lives in your heart. Mat that, huh? <laughs> Mat that. Okay, so Psalm 55 and 17. He says, uh, verse 16, as for me, huh? <laughs> y'all can do what y'all want to do. But as for me, 
I will call upon God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and noon will I pray and cry aloud. That's praise. And he shall hear my voice. He has delivered my soul in peace. That's what you want at all times. Huh? Lack of peace will destroy your health. Make you tense and angry. You snap at everybody. People can come to you in peace and, and you don't want to even receive it. Huh? Why? Because you, you need to pray. You know, and sometimes you just need to tell yourself that. Look, girls, just shut up and go pray. Huh? You need to get along with God. But Israel did it three times a day. I ain't gonna even ask how often. You understand what I'm saying? Don't feel condemned. Just make up your mind you're going to do. Prayer. Now, you ain't no Muslim, so you don't have to go find no mat and point toward Mecca. Even know where Mecca, Mecca, Ohio, or Mecca, Tennessee, Mecca, Mississippi. I was a new Christian. You can blame, you know, you know, trouble is coming, right? This one, you, when you say I was a new Christian. Uh, but, uh, we lived in an apartment condo, you know, some years back. I was just recovering from a mental breakdown, which gave me the best kind of reputation to have for a new Christian. Cause they have no view as crazy or sane or, but, but you get away with saying almost anything. And, I'm crazy. I'm new. I'm crazy. I'm new. I'm crazy. I'm new. You didn't know which one to be, but that was your cover for everything. But anyway, there was a, a gentleman. His grandmother lived in our apartment building. He had worked as the janitor. You know, we had a lot of them situations. Somebody relative wouldn't, that refused to work wound up as our janitor. Janitor. You know, not everybody. We got some good people here and there, but, you know, that was often the scenario. And so he went to knock on her door and she wasn't at home and he knocked on our door. And so I had been in my word all day and I had been praying. Of course, you know, when you're housebound, you say, God, send somebody. And so it's, I get to witness. So anyway, he, he tells me, he said, he said, uh, oh yeah, he says, he wore this, what was that little thing they wore on there? Did, who? Yeah, and it was somebody that did bad granny squares, crocheted it. <laughs> if you like saw something, you don't want to pull it. <laughs> he ran up with a little dollar. <laughs> Right. A little doily on his head. But anyway, he, you know, that was him. He told me, he said, uh, can you, uh, I, I took, I took my insulin and, and I'm feeling dizzy and he knew I was a nurse. So that's my former life. I'm saved now. And so, uh, he, he knew that I was a nurse and he asked me for some, some food. And so I said, uh, I said, I'll give you peanut butter and jelly. I said, I'll take care of the short term and the long term. And, you know what I'm saying? So it was cool. And so we were cool up until the point where I went to bless the food. And, oh, yeah, I bless it. He said, uh, which way is the east? 
and my Christianity snapped. <laughs> it wasn't but that long to begin with. And I said, what? And he said, uh, yeah, uh, you know I'm Muslim. I said, listen, Allah ain't brought blank up in here. You fill in the blank. Blank that starts with an N. You know you don't know nothing about no blank Allah. We gonna play to pray to Jesus. So, <laughs> so we prayed to Jesus. He said, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, okay. God's got it. So we prayed over the food. I asked God to save him. I asked him to forget about this Allah stupidity. Huh? And reiterated my confession, but I cleaned it up because it was in front of the Lord, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you gotta stay, you gotta stay committed to God, folks. You can't compromise. You don't let people come in your house and bring another God and bless him in front of you. And you know your God has paid for everything. You understand what I'm saying? You either get a convert or you get somebody that's scared of you and run out, but you keep it proper, amen? You keep it because these are tests for us. See, even as a young Christian, I didn't have a church to go. I was housebound. I didn't have a church to go to and ask somebody if that was okay. You know why? I didn't need to ask anybody because the Holy Spirit told me inside of myself that that wasn't right. Amen? And so I've, well, I failed to listen to everything. <laughs> you know, hey, but I got the message. And so you don't deny Christ for any reason. Amen. And I remember that I remember my husband being in the kitchen with us up until a certain point. He was standing there because he was, you know, he was concerned because his man said he was sick and all of that. I just remembered that. And I remember my husband, when he started saying, where's the east? My husband, man, you on your own. And he <laughs> shot. We had a 50-foot hallway in that apartment. He shot down there to the end of that apartment and stayed. I guess he didn't want to see the train wreck. But anyway, but that brother left in peace took his sandwich and kept moving and I kept praying for him I continued to pray for him you know so anyway so Psalm 55 17 three days three days three times per day amen just allow God turn your attention toward him amen just turn your your put your eyes let your eyes focus on Jesus and his word Focus on his goodness and what he's done for you. And faith will continue to be in your heart. You know, you won't step too far away from believing God because you're addressing him. And when he comes in through your praise, faith is is present there and faith begins to permeate your being and, and helps you in every way that you need need faith. So you're kind of set for the day. So many times when I'm just sitting and doing nothing, I'll just, just start thanking God. You know, I remember adopting that because I would hear people 
just different times uh periodically say thank you jesus and i was thinking what are they thanking him for you know just out of nowhere what was in their hearts they were expressing what was in their hearts and and uh, you know sometimes it takes us some years to develop that maturity with god because i thought about it and i said boy that perplexed me for a long time lord why people would just spontaneously thank you out of nowhere and he said, because you never asked me why they were doing it. He said, you just criticized them for doing it. You were a little puzzled, but you were critical, and you never pursued that it might be a good reason for it. See, when we're, you know, every young generation thinks they know a lot yes. when they know about this much. When God has ordained his revelation to be passed on from generation, we're supposed to add to what our parents knew. Add to what our forefathers knew. Add to and and incorporate all of that. We're to bring all of that revelation with us. Amen. And so when we stand apart from things and kind of look with a critical eye, we'll never get an understanding from God. And so but when you humble yourself and you just say, well, God, there must be something to that. You know, so many people do it. You know, just out of nowhere, you know. And sometimes if you're not a Christian, you'll be embarrassed when you hear people praise God just out of nowhere. Praise God out loud, you know. Now that's hindered people for, for many generations, uh, especially in, in, in like African American, uh, churches and history with God and so forth. You know, the younger generation, if you send them to college, man, they get real stupid. And they come home and hear mama in there praising God and they, and we want to go to the intelligent church where they don't do that. Amen. But it's deader than, than, you know, ice in there. God never comes in and does anything, but you stay there because you feel that's up to your standard until you get sick, get broke. Somebody you built your life around walks off and leaves you, huh? Then you start opening up for understanding of what they knew about God. You understand me? And so God wants, though, for us to remain in his presence, remain faithful to him, and understand the power that we have just in the simple act of praise with a heart of thanksgiving. Amen? So we feel better in the atmosphere of praise. Everybody does. Even if you don't serve God, you know, you know, you'll have sinners that come into uh, churches. I remember during the charismatic move of the spirit, uh, sometimes if you were, say if we were in a meeting in a hotel and the church people with the church meeting would come out into the hallways and people from other areas of hotel would run into them and, you know, just church people, we want to hug everybody, you know, and they hug you and say, what's going on here? I like this. You know, you say, well, Jesus loves you. But they were responding to the praise and to the spirit of love while they were there. You know what I'm saying? And then some of them would just come and hang around for a while. For some of them, it was an answer to prayer. They've been looking for that group of people who really love God and they're not religious and they're not judgmental and they're not stupid, but they're knowledgeable about God, but they love God and they can show you the way to his presence. That's happened to me at different times. So when we, um, when we praise God, 
It looks good on us. To God. So if you look stupid to everybody else, know that praise looks good on you to God. Amen. Remember David and, and his, his wife, Michael. David danced before the Lord with all of his might. And even he was a king at that time. And his wife thought that it was improper for the king to come out. See, praise was for a certain group of people. What was for the whole nation? But praise was assigned to the Levites. And so they were the singers. They were the musicians. They were like the professional people. But because they read the scriptures all the time and God anointed them to lead everybody else in praise. Well, Michael's busy trying to be the queen, but David, he birthed all of that. He set up all that worship. He set it up so he could enjoy it too. So he got out there and he began to praise and she would stand up in the window like, you know. You're the king now and you're still doing that stuff. So she kind of put him down. She said, you're out there acting like the rest of them. And he said, I didn't do this for you. He said, I did this for God. He said, this praise wasn't for you, ain't going to never be for you. And you ain't got nothing to say about it. So the Bible says from that day forward, He never went into her and she was barren for the rest of her life. You want to bear fruit in your prayers? You praise God. You want your prayers to go unheard and unanswered? You sit up there and act like you don't know nobody and know nothing. And you ain't supposed to be here. You understand what I'm saying? And so don't distance yourself from that atmosphere of praise. When you said, like sometimes we would have people that just felt a touch of God before service got started and they'd start to dance and shout. I said, don't let that person praise God by themselves. You understand what I'm saying? That is for everybody to join in on. It's never out of order. You got me? So praise is comely for it looks good on you at all times. Amen. It really does. So God wants us to have a perfect understanding of the power of faith that's released in praise. Amen. So praise looks good on us. It fits us perfectly. The Lord told us yesterday we wear it well. Amen. Amen. We have to say that because the enemy tries to shame us out of praising God. It's one of his tactics. We may be reluctant to lift our hands or speak lovingly to the Lord. We have to break out of ourselves. Put on the garment of praise. So sometimes praise is not, um, I'm feeling it. It's not, um, you know, feel appropriate or, oh boy, here we go again. I got too much to worry about to step aside. But it is the garment that we put on. Amen. It doesn't come from you. It comes from heaven and you put it on and you wear it. And so you just step into it. You step out of you and you step over into praise. So we take off the flesh, we put off the old man, and we put on the praise man. Amen. Jesus, uh, uh, David said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Quit dragging your feet to church. Huh? Quit trying to do 15 and 20 different things. Quit planning so much stuff. 
before you come into the house of the Lord. You know, because you come in here dragging and drooping and dropping on the floor and everything. And I'm not talking about slain in the spirit. I'm talking about just barely making it on up in here. Oh, Lord. You don't know what kind of week I had. Huh? Well, that's why Sunday comes. So you can leave, leave your week outside the dough. Amen. Start worshiping God when you first wake up. I made up my mind to do that. Amen. Because people live in front of their television. Too much so. You know, you go to sleep with it on and wake up and it wakes you up. And You know, I, I made the mistake. I left my TV on one time and in the middle of the night, I sat up and I said, oh, I got to see the rest of this. It was like 4.30 in the morning. You know what? I left it on ID Network. And I said, I think I saw this one, but let me see how does it end. And I woke my stupid self up and watched the rest of that because I couldn't figure out. I can't remember. Who was the one that did it? Huh? And don't get the ones with the surveillance cameras on it. Oh, I know they're going to find who it is now. It's got to be it's the husband. No, it's the boyfriend. They always got a husband and a boyfriend. You know, that ought to tell you something right there. All, all the wonderful people in the world. Chances of your murder chances go up exponentially when you have two people in your life. <laughs> See, I know my, I know my stats. Huh? <laughs> but I'm telling you that thing's the devil amen while I'm watching it and enjoying it in my wake time is one thing but don't let it put you to sleep and wake you up in the middle of the night or something like that you know I got too many things I need to have God put in my spirit in the middle of the night to be playing around with like that when I start prophesying y'all gonna get arrested for murder you know I've been <laughs> been in there too long amen so it's, I see you with handcuffs, no? <laughs> oh, zip ties, no? <laughs> yeah, so God has ordained praise, amen? David said, I was glad. Don't let your attitude be anything but glad about church, about coming to the house of the Lord, about your your uh, appointments with God. You have appointments, folks. You You don't just drop in, and this ain't under your control anymore you you got to be here because god said you must amen well i quit going to church i don't know why you need to be there i don't care who you are why because faith is there faith is always there in the atmosphere of god and who doesn't need faith you hear people you hear sinners talking about faith now my faith my faith my faith huh And see, there's only one faith that was delivered to the saints of God. You understand what I'm saying? And so you don't practice it like you think you want to. Huh? It's out of your hands. You have to do the prescribed thing by God. Why? It's not that God just wants you doing it for him. You need to do it for you. You need to be glad when he said, let's go into the house of the Lord. You want to be glad in the house of the Lord, in the presence of God, there is rest for you. Ain't you sick of what you do Monday through Friday? Huh? 
And then sometimes on Saturday. So you need that rest in the Lord. You need rest with the Lord. It's like, uh, you know, God was showing me this about the way he created in Genesis chapter 1. He said, on the sixth day I created man, and on the seventh day I rested with man. He didn't just look at us and say, ooh, I'm tired of y'all. I'm going to my house. Huh? Call me a babysitter. (laughs) Put you in daycare. (laughs) Jail. You understand what I'm saying? Put him away. You know, you know, God didn't feel like that. He waited until the last day. He took every single day to create something new and exciting for us. And on the, on the sixth day, he created man and revealed to him everything that he had created and given him dominion over. And on the seventh day, he rested with man. Guess why? So we could talk about what you're to do for me come Monday when you got to get out here and hit it, brother, in the garden. You understand what I'm saying? So you need the seventh day. You need at least one day. We have two. Some churches have something every single day. I ain't crazy. You know, I ain't going to push it. Just I used to be crazy, but I'm healed. Huh? Y'all be bringing Starbucks up here and having coffee houses. Found us some new music, Pastor Bart. No, let's just stay home, okay? We We do two days, and that's, you know. We want to stay attentive to what God wants for us. We are attentive to God's, to our needs. And so we're glad when he said, go into the house of the Lord. It is a feel good atmosphere because it is a nurturing atmosphere. If you pay attention to the atmosphere that's created in the house of God, you will find that you have a feeling of unlimited good. That's faith. Whenever you have that feeling that all things are possible, all good things can come into your life, where it's easy to believe the word, it's because God's spirit is there helping you, nurturing you, and feeding your spirit to receive the word that's being preached. And so in an atmosphere where it's easy to believe the word, it's easy to grab on to what's being preached. It's easy. It's there. God is there serving that food to us. He is there making it taste good for us. Because all of the fruit of the Spirit are available in an atmosphere where God is in control. Sometimes you need your brain to settle down before you can even hear what's being preached. You ever been like that? I've been that. I've been there. And so if you can allow what and what God does, he sees the need of everybody that comes in here. And he sees what you need added to the atmosphere to make it right for you. That's why I tell people, if you can get if you can get something secondhand, fine, but it's best to be in the place. That's why people line up. It's like uh uh you see all these crazy people on uh what's some of them ticket Ticketron and I don't know if they had Ticketron, what do they have anymore? You know, for people to buy tickets and they the minute they go on sale and they sell out in two hours, 
If you think a recording is just as good, why are them people doing all that? Because they know it's better to be in the atmosphere. Now, sinners got that much sense, and Christians want to get everything secondhand. Oh, I saw you on uh, YouTube, and I say, well, how often do you? Well, I just saw that one thing. Uh-huh. You don't want God continually. You just want to drop in sometimes. And here God is trying to teach us how to keep his presence around him, His presence around us at all times. Why? Jesus paid for you to have access to him. If you're friends with somebody, you want to be around them a lot. You understand me? There are some people that, well, some of y'all know, I thought about something real quick. I ain't going there. Wanda, go home. Amen. But uh, you know what I'm saying. If, if you're friends with somebody, you want to spend time with them. You know, you just, you're drawn to them. And so that's where God wants us to be. He wants us to be drawn to him 24-7. You can have never have be in God's presence too much. He wants you there because it's better for you. You have a born again spirit that is only nurtured through the spirit of God and the word of God. That's all the food you're going to get for your spirit. Everything else that you listen to, everything else you hear, never feeds your spirit. In fact, you have to fight most of that off to keep your spirit from, from feeling weak and malnourished and going back into doubt and unbelief on the things you're trying to believe God for. So it is a battle for you to stay in faith. And, and praise is one of your helpers to keep you strong in the battle. Amen. In the spirit where the spirit of God is, love abounds and love prevails. You know, you can come in here feeling like, you know, you want to don't want to talk to nobody and, you know, get away from me. Little porcupine quills, you know, stick your little quills out at everybody. Don't come here. And then the right person will get something from God and grab you the right way. I just love you. I just can't wait to get back again. You know, by the end of the sermon, you back where you need to be. Don't, don't, you know, the, the key is to come in that way and not have to have everything broken off of you before you can enjoy God. You're supposed to be able to enjoy God all of the time. So love abounds in an atmosphere where God is in control. Peace descends easily and fear is banished. You ever notice sometimes when we have healing school, I'll tell you that's a high love atmosphere. You got me? And it's a high mercy atmosphere. It's a high compassion atmosphere. Compassion is love in its most aggressive state. It goes out and grabs people and forces love onto them. That's what compassion is. For years I watched Pastor Shirley take care of her, her babies when they were infants. And they would get fretful and they would get, you know, want to throw the bottle around the room and, you know, that kind of stuff. And she would just go and grab them up in her arms and rock them until they, oh, you know, that's compassion. Compassion goes against your anti-stuff. It goes against your I don't want to stuff. And it grabs you up in the love of God and forces you to see that God wants you well, that God has healed you. 
that from this moment forward, you are amending and getting better, you know, after you prayed. So compassion kind of compels you to take what God has for you. Amen. That's why it said Jesus was moved. It it would tell you when he was moved with compassion because it's not necessary to have that on you all the time. But it is necessary, you know, it's necessary for somebody who, who ministers healing because people come up to you with different levels of faith. And compassion has to continue to work to pull them in. You know, sometimes people, people don't want you to walk them in front of a bunch of people. They'll come up in the spirit of faith wanting to receive their healing and then they start looking around. I said, don't look around, look at me. <laughs> you know, you do whatever you need to do to keep them in there. You keep them in there. You know what I'm saying? And so, and that's compassion. It compels him. It's like, I'm not going to let you leave out of here without getting what, because I know God has a healing for you right here and right now. So I'm not going to let you get out of here without receiving from God. You understand me? And so compassion has that aggressive, but I love you. It's like a crazy boyfriend, but without the beat up. It's a crazy boyfriend that forces you to the jewelers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all don't know nobody like this, but God does it. Amen. That place is reserved for God. So God rules. Do you know somebody that beat you up and take you to the jeweler? I want to know him. Who said that okay? Huh? Introduce me. We'll talk later. Praise will take you from despair into victory. 1 Samuel chapter 30. You know the story is David. I'll go back there for a minute. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Verse 1, it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites, Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were there and, and didn't kill any, either great or small, but carried them away. Now, I'm sure David didn't know this at that time. All he did was came back to an empty camp. See, when you don't know the details, your mind goes crazy. Uh, So David and his men came to the city. Behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons and daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now these are the 600 mighty men crying like babies. And David's two wives were taken captive. Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. She is the widow of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed because the people talked of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. Now see, this is something David is learning. Because up until this time, his mighty men was, you know, they would, uh, David one time just sighed. 
because he missed Israel, his hometown. And he said, oh, if I could have a water, some water from the well of, I forget what place it was in Israel. And his mighty men sneaked out that night and went and got him well water and brought it back. They risked their lives just on a whim that he had. He was just, jeez, I would give anything if I, you know how you do sometimes when you miss things. And they were so devoted to him and dedicated to him and under his command that two of them sneaked off and got him water. He said, he said, you risked your life. He said, no, I'm not going to receive this. So he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. Amen. As a drink offering before the Lord. Amen. Because it was too great a sacrifice for him, a mere man, to receive. So he knew his place. You know, see what I'm saying? But those same men that did that for him, tonight they want to kill him. That's people for you. You understand? That's why you need a good relationship with God. And if it ain't good enough, it's got to get better real quick. And this is what is going to happen with David right now. So it says they thought of stoning him and he continued to cry. And, 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 but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David, when he, some of the last words that they said about David didn't have to do with his, his ability as a warrior, Goliath, all those mighty exploits that he did throughout his life. His, his epitaph was kind of like the highlight of his life. And they said, these be the last words of David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. So he was known for his worship and his praise and his relationship with the king. That outshone any of his mighty, because if he didn't have relationship with God, he would never have won a war. He would never have killed anybody. You got to have that to beat the devil, folks. You can't go in there on just a scripture and keep repeating it and think the devil's, if he don't, if the devil knows you don't really know God, cause he gonna test you anyway. You understand what I'm saying? He goes, oh really? That's what you said? Let me see what you really do know. And so, if, if you don't understand how to keep that connection, that God is your help. And David wrote so many of the Psalms. You read them, read them little descriptions they have. For those of you who have real Bibles. Now I'm talking about that. No, I ain't talking about your phone Bible. I'm talking about go get you a paper Bible with some real notes in it where people know, have studied, can show you some stuff in there. But, but praise is essential in encouraging yourself in the Lord. It puts God on the scene. And he brings with him everything that we lack. So David was a musician and a psalmist. He was referred to as a sweet psalmist of Israel. And and that's what he's remembered for. His work as a psalmist lives on in the Psalms. He established national praise and worship for Israel. He had all the Levites counted up. There's over 40,000 Levites. He gave an assignment to each and every one of them as to what they were going to do as part of the temple worship. So he set up the worship, amen, and he set up. You know, people don't realize this, but the worship leader ain't in charge of nothing, amen. The fivefold is in charge. So we know where the meeting is going. We know where 
everything is on its way to and we know when we get there. Amen. And so David was able to set in order worship that is is done even this day by the Jewish people. It's lasted and it's done by Christians. Amen. It's lasted just that long. So praise is essential for you to have everything. All the fruit of the spirit is in the atmosphere when you praise God. Your love, joy, peace, righteousness, patience, everything is there. When God is on the scene, he feeds your spirit and fuses your spirit with everything that you need for life and godliness. You need his spirit in you. You need his power in you so that you can make it every day. Don't, don't go out without the power of God in your life. All you have to do is learn how, and don't cut God short. You know, people say, I praise him on the way in the, in the car. Start praising him when you get up, when you open your eyes first. See what a difference that makes. Amen. Just, just engage with him first off. Put him first. Amen. And God will certainly reward you. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for praise. We will bless you, O Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Circumstances will not stop our praise. Difficulties will not stop our praise. Trials will not stop our praise. In fact, devil, the more you mess with us, the louder and harder we praise him. And we thank you, Lord for stirring us up to be praisers and worshipers, people who really love you and who honor you in everything that we do. And we thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being able to praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and we'll pray for you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God.